Over the last couple of years, we have had a decline in our enrollment, which we have not been used to. We always had a very steady enrollment. Over the last two years, we have lost over 100 students, and our projection for the coming year was that we would lose more. We have reached the sad and inevitable conclusion that Sacred Heart High School will have to close its doors at the end of this current school year. I know that you share with me the difficulty and the emotional drain this is in making a decision such as this. For everyone involved at Sacred Heart High School, our passionate students, our faculty and staff, and certainly generations of families, our alumni, that have helped to shape what Sacred Heart High School stands for. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Courtside with Joe Morelli. Joe Morelli, of course, is the head boys basketball beat writer for the Hearst Connecticut Media Group and Game Time CT. And I'm your host, Sean Patrick Bowley. Welcome back. And it's week one of the boys basketball season, week one of all high school sports, pretty much. But here we do boys basketball. We had a, a good, a pretty good first week, I, I would think. Um, not a whole lot of things happening. We have a couple of news items, but the big news this week, obviously, uh, was the news that Sacred Heart High School will be, unless something crazy happens, will be closing down the, the great Sacred Heart High School, which won four straight championships in the last decade. And uh, a little bit later on the show, we will be talking to head coach John Carroll of Sacred Heart about what this means for him and, and, uh, and his program and what this means for the school and, you know, give us some of his thoughts on that. Of course, joining me is the eponymous Joe Morelli. Joe, how are you today? What's going on? Well, we're in the week two of the season, oh, so that's a two, good yeah. sign. But um, it, as we did in the soccer podcast, just for kicks, you just you're happy just to keep having season to having games and we've had a lot. So, um, but yeah, you know, we had John Caron probably around the same time last year in studio. We were yeah. doing these before the pandemic and uh, it was nice enough to join us. And I wasn't really, when you think about guests and you, you think, um, you think about um, having guests and John Kerr wasn't in my mind because, well, I've had him last year. So you always think of new people. Obviously, he popped into our minds, in my mind, when this news happened. Um, it's not news you expect. It's not as shocking after what happened to Trinity Catholic last year closing. Another great boys basketball program, obviously dwindling enrollments, a big deal with all of this. And uh, it's the same because it's not just the basketball team. It's all those athletes, all those teachers. So, yeah, people are maybe, uh, that's the basketball program, but there's a lot of people who are affected by this. And now they have to go find out the store to go finish school or go find a job. So that's the difficult part. Um, and it's, it's really too bad. But it's, it's, it's a sign of the times that these a lot of these schools, like a Chase Collegiate that closed and, and Trinity Catholic, like I said, it's it's a shame, but it's just the reality of the the pandemic world we live in. If that's what it had to do with it, I'm sure that it played yeah. some sort of a role here. Um, but as you just mentioned, with Trinity Catholic, you know, another great program, would have won so many championships in the early 2000s, and now Sacred Heart going uh, closing or potentially closing. Um, doesn't look good. Uh, that they well, they are closing. So they, they, yeah, they, they basically are. said it. They're they're. I mean, I don't think they would have made that announcement and said that they right. potentially, I don't know what, I, I think they're done, right? I mean, 
Nijai will tell us more, I'm sure. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to try and stay open for the kids that are still there and trying to give them an option. Uh, we heard. Oh, is that it? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's yeah, that's just just for the at least to give the kids the the, the Sacred Heart degree, so to speak, um, and allow them to finish up. I mean, they're obviously just an emotional thing there. I mean, we saw what happened with Trinity Catholic last year. Just a real kind of a you know end of an era for for some of these top you know Catholic school powerhouses and. Uh, yeah. You know, just we're kind of turning the corner here with boys basketball history in Connecticut. You know, so many great players that went through Sacred Heart and so many players that were great players that went through uh, Trinity Catholic. And, you know, we lose something. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, they they might be glad to see some of these powerhouse Catholic schools go. Oh, thank God they all recruited, blah, blah, blah. John Carroll talked to about uh, that a little bit with us last uh, last year. You know, if you want, definitely go back and take a look at that. Um, or take a listen to that. It was a really good conversation. We'll with him. probably We're end up linking gonna... to it. We'll probably end up linking to that old podcast. Yeah, we talked about a lot of things, but obviously, we'll. It's just a really a sad thing without uh, teams. I mean, again, they just they had just finished up like, what 125 game win streak uh, against the NBL, which is just yep. unbelievable, and so many great things there, and in, the, in all the championships they won. It's just it really we lose something. I think when 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 we when schools like these close, and you know. It, it's, it, it remains to be seen, you know, wh- what other schools might may, might be in trouble. And I know this is a hard time for a lot of school districts, so that's a real shame. We'll talk to John a little bit about that. But uh, just let's just quickly take a look at the top 10, Joe. Let's run it down. Uh, wh- what happened this week and uh, who's in, who's out, any changes, with what's happening? Well, East Catholic is now the unanimous number one. They didn't clear a couple, two teams that received a first place vote last week. Um, one of them lost NFA and they dropped out. East Catholic now has all 17 of the people who voted this week. Um, the interesting thing was they ended up playing Ram, who they blew out, but the team they were supposed to play was Glastonbury, and that team went on pause for quarantine. And the CCC was able to rearrange the schedule and lo- allow the uh, Ram to come in and play them. And that was their one game this week, so uh, they have three this coming week. Uh, number two is Windsor. It's the same top three. Number two, Windsor. They're both wins and Northwest Catholic uh, two wins. Uh, they're going to be playing each other on March 1st. That's at least that's one. You get a gauge of how good though both those teams are when they play each other in a couple weeks. Wilbur Cross moved up to number four. They were down almost 10 to Fairfield Prep on the road at Alumni Hall and came back and won in overtime. So they moved up a couple spots from six to four this week. Margaret Tuck to me, the favorite in the NBL. Again, we don't know what the tournament format is going to be, if there is. We know what happened in the fall. Due to the COVID, they canceled their postseason tournament, so we don't know what's going to happen. But to me, they're the team to beat in the NBL because they're the defending champions, and they bring back two of their best players. Uh, Number six this week was Notre Dame West Haven, who moved up the spot. Again, one of the strongest teams in the regular season the last five years. Uh, they blew out both Career and uh, Shelton, who was a very good team last year. Uh, number seven this week, I'm looking at it, is yeah, Sacred Heart, who we're going to ask. Obviously, we the aforementioned John Carroll. They haven't opened yet. They opened tomorrow night against Holy Cross, the team that snapped their winning streak uh, last year in the NBL tournament semifinals. Number eight this week is Richfield, the FCX defending at reigning two-time, three out of the last four FCX championships. Looks like they haven't missed a, skip, missed a beat. They're uh, in the eighth spot. Number nine, Bristol Central, coming off a pair of wins. Down. 
Donovan Klingon already has uh, 72 points in his two games. So he's off to a very good start. And the new team, team in at number 10 is Kobe Cathedral. The reigning SWC champions uh, won its first three games. Uh, you got that the, the uh, triumvirate of Notre Dame, Immaculate, and Colby at the top of the SWC. Notre Dame of Fairfield beats Immaculate yesterday, uh, a result that doesn't impact until next week's poll. So it's interesting to see those three teams and how anybody else stacks up. And that's your top 10 for the week. One of the uh, teams that made a little bit of news this week is, uh, uh, well, first of all, Hill House. I mean, Hill House kind of off to a rough start there. 0-2, still getting some receiving votes. Tell us a little about it. Then they lose to yeah, Amity, you know, the just, opener, and then... It's a young team. They lose to Amity, which was surprising. Um, as uh, Renard Sutton said, the head coach, they're tr- having trouble to score. I honestly can't remember the last time they lost two in a row, and it's been a long, long time. Uh, it's not my tenure of 18 years before this, so... Uh, and West Haven beating Hill House is the first time, I think, since the late 90s when Bobby Moore was there. So, um, yeah, and, obviously, and West Haven finds out they have someone associated with the program as uh, in quarantine. So they're on pause for two weeks. And, uh, you know, that's just the nature of what we're going to be going through. There are going to be programs going through it in all sports. It's the way it is. And unfortunately, West Haven doesn't have two games canceled. They're only going to be able to play 10 regular season games. Because uh, they're going to be missed two weeks, so uh, they're a good team, you know, with um, Malcolm Duncanson and then uh, Eli Blackwell transferring over from Amistad, which uh, is also not playing this year. Um, so when they do return, they're going to be one of the teams to beat in the league, along with uh, Notre Dame and uh, Wilbur Cross. So, but Hill Just House, quickly. yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, it's they've got pieces. It's just their young talent because the best two players graduated, and it's. I think they'll be fine. It's just that I don't think they're elite. And obviously they're 0-2, so, you know, they're going to lay in the weeds and beat. They're going to beat, you know, the usual Hill House in the sense where they're going to win their Sierra games. It's just not going to – the difference is you got to play Frost twice. you got to play Notre Dame. So they're going to be underdogs in those games. And we're going to see how do they respond from this, Sean, and how do they build from this. That's going to be the questions. And uh, – Obviously, when a program like Hillhouse loses its first two, it raises eyebrows. And uh, especially with only twelve games in the season, right? I mean, I mean, obviously, everybody in the postseason, assuming there is one, uh, will play. So, it we'll see. I, I mean, I'm looking at it really quickly this week. Hillhouse is playing uh, Shelton, who lost to Notre Dame, and so they go. They go one and one. You start off one and three. This probably cause for concern. Uh, just another one that that kind of pops out to me. Norwich Free Academy actually lost there. I believe it was their opener to New London. Um, that's the first time. Nor- remember Norwich Free Academy last year uh, was the favorite. You know they won the ECC championship. They were undefeated going into the state tournament. They were going to be really it's interesting to see how they were going to do in the uh, in the state tournament. And obviously we lost the state tournament. So uh, they come right out of the gate. They lose their first game. What does that mean for NFA or anything? I mean, I, I don't know. But uh, you know, just an interesting uh, thing there. Well, in that division, as I mentioned, we mentioned last week, the, you got NFA, Waterford, New London, East Lime, Fitch, Ledyard, all in the same division. So unlike some of these conferences that may have region championships or not decide a single championship, you know who the best teams going to be in the ECC, just like the SWC and hopefully the FCAC and the SCC. 
obviously the CCC, we don't know. The NBL, we don't know yet. But, yeah, it's, is it a surprise to see NFA lose? Yeah, but when you, Mason Jackson, their best returning player, went to prep school, it's not as shocking as it would have been last year. So they've come back to the pack as I thought they would. And, you know, New London, you know, they've had some rough seasons. But you know, with Craig Parker at the helm, I, I put nothing past those guys. The Whalers have uh, – I think it's going to be a battle. I couldn't pick you, I couldn't pick a winner out of that group right yet in the ECC. So. Just quickly looking at some of the top performance last week, you can see the full list over at GameTimeCT.com. Uh, one of the ones that obviously stuck out was Dylan Crowley of Gilbert scoring 54 points in their season opening win, 82-51 over Housatonic. He tied a school record, but I think what, what was the most interesting note about that as far as the Berkshire League goes? Yeah, he, they uh, tied the, um, the overall Berkshire League record at 54 points. Um, wow. And then the second best point total of the week, to my knowledge, was Owen Hibbert of Chippewa Valley, another Berkshire League kid. He had 48 points in the win over Nanowak. So, obviously, you know, we don't we don't get a lot of love because they, they, you know, they play in their league. And it's been Wamogo's league for a few years. And I thought maybe it would be this year. Well, they've lost their first two games. So, again, that league seems to be up for grabs. Um, I mean, Josh Berger can, another program we don't mention much. Again, Triple T. He scored 36 points in a blowout over a Windsor Locks. Matt Curtis, we know about. Northwest Catholic scored 29 points. JoJo Wallace and New Milford, 36. And he had another game, he had 30. So, you know, I, it's nice to see these guys scoring and playing. I, I, I think there was concern. Of what, would the, what would the level of ball be like with um, COVID and masks and stuff? And uh, maybe the defense isn't that good, but at least obviously you can see people are scoring points. So uh, that's always a good thing to see, Sean. Yeah, just a quick shout out to Jojo Wallace, his old man, John. I went to college with Syracuse. I got to see John take them to the final four. And I just, I feel really old seeing him. Uh, you know, he scored 36 points in there and a loss to Brookfield. But uh, good to know that uh, there's another Wallace out there rolling around. So that, that, that's a lot of fun. So without further ado, let's bring on our guest this week, John Carroll of Sacred Heart High School. Welcome back to the Courtside with Joe Morelli podcast. I'm your host, Joe Morelli, alongside Sean Patrick Boley. And our guest in week two is a, a longtime coach, again, a man who came in the studio last year when we were taping in studio back before the pandemic. And we're glad to have him this week, although <laughs> it's an unfortunate situation. Sacred Heart of Waterbury coach John Carroll. Uh, welcome to the program. How are you doing? We're hanging in there, you know. Uh difficult times just in in general but even even more so for uh for sacred heart and, and our community yeah obviously the news broke last thursday that uh, the school is closing due to declining enrollment and i spoke to you briefly um talk about how you found out how it's been for you and your family and your kids for practice yeah you know this this affects you know my crew past basketball obviously uh you know, my, my basketball guys were, were shook and, and we, you know, we talked about that during practice and it was probably one of the oddest practices that, that I've had in, in the 20 years I've been there. Um, but my, my oldest daughter graduated last year. My son is a junior. My eighth grade daughter is there in the middle school. So, you know, this is, and I have obviously long, lifelong friends on the faculty there. Um, so this extends beyond basketball in terms of, of grief and, and process and, you know, really hoping that everybody lands in, in a good spot. So we well, found, I find found it? out, I, I don't think it was, I don't think the information was disseminated the way that the administration had wanted it 
Um, unfortunately, there was a, I guess, a leak. Um, so, you know, in the era of social media, um, I think everybody found out in kind of this swift social media, Instagram, Facebook deluge, um, and kind of took a life of its own. Sean made a point. I always want to clarify. What are they, are they going to try to keep them for the kids who are still there to finish? What exact, the sports are done right after this year. Is that, or is that still? I think anything and everything is on the table. You know, the, the outswelling of support has been substantial. Um, you know, it, it's the oldest Catholic high school in the state, you know, close to 100 years. Um, and there's, you know, close to 15,000 alumni nationally. So, um, you know, the, the groundswell and the outreach has been has been huge. I don't have any particular detail, but I know that, um, you know, there are people there that, that are very invested in, in keeping Sacred Heart part of the greater Waterbury community. So there's possibly does as if this is not over with. Uh, I mean, it's I'm glass half full by nature. Um, You know, it's and, you know, the I understand both both sides of it. You know, the the monetary aspect is important, but it's also important that there no school is not a school that doesn't have kids. Um, So, you know, the, the student population portion is is important as well. So if both of those things can get figured out and, and Sacred Heart can be the healthy and, and vibrant Sacred Heart that the Waterbury community deserves, then, then I really hope that, you know, all the stops get pulled out. So me playing, calling out taps here is maybe incorrect. Well, you know, we've, we've had crazier comebacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're giving a, he's giving you all your best stuff already. Yeah. Right. It's, 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 you know, if you guys had got me like eight in the morning, that would have been a different story, but it's noon. I'm, I'm awake. <laughs> the whole, um, the pandemic thing has been really, really tough. My high school in Waterbury actually shut its oh. doors last August, right before the school was going to open again. Which one was that? Base Collegiate. Yeah. yeah. I, I we talked about it in the right. opening actually. Yeah. Um, you know, so that, that was a shock and, um, you know, to kind of go through it again was just, you know, those two places are, you know, homes to me. Um, so that that portion of this has been, unfortunately, like Groundhog Day, just like the rest of the, um, the rest of the pandemic, you know. Is this something that, you know, obviously, you know, Trinity closing, you know, mm-hmm. Sacred Heart, you know, what does this mean for like the the Catholic schools and, I mean, you know, Notre Dame has been able to do pretty well. I mean, uh, learning Fairfield uh, took the, the trade Catholic, but you know, it's really a tough time for, for Catholic schools in, in the state. And- yeah, there's a couple of dynamics. I think demographically, the, there's just, and this has kind of been tracked. It's not a, a surprise to anybody who's uh, in high school administration. They're, they're just for whatever reason, in this last 10 years, just less kids born. So automatically you're fighting for, you know, for pupils. And then, you know, with the advent of so many of, of the charter schools and the magnet schools um, and, you know, the States put a pile of money in, into the Votec programs and those campuses look beautiful. Um, you know, they're just, they're more choices and more opportunities. And unfortunately they're free. Unfortunately for us as, as Catholic schools um, and, 
Jay and I were counting the other day. I, I think there's a dozen left in, in the state. Um, and some are, some are co-ed, some are single sex. It's, uh, you know, just a, a tough environment for, for everybody there. You know, even here in Waterbury, driving on 84 route eight and you'll see signs for St. Paul's for Xavier, for St. Joe's. Like when I was growing up, I didn't know that those were options. Hmm. You know, but now you have, you know, people kind of creeping into other communities because they'll, they'll drive 40 minutes to, to get an education for their, for their kids. So kind of, kind of uh, like a consolidation maybe of schools. Yeah, maybe. I mean, at, at this point they're, you know, everybody's, you know, seems to be vying for the same pupil. So I it's an interesting thing. Yeah, go ahead. I don't know if, it, if geographically there'd ever be a situation where they could, you know, consolidate other than, you know, obviously, and the rumors have been rampant for the last 20 years about, you know, why do you have Sacred Heart and Holy Cross in the same city and they're not in the same building? What kind of sense does that make? Um, I don't know that there's another opportunity to actually take two communities and throw them under one roof. Just seems to me like it's just kind of like a lost thing. You said like when I when I got into business, you know, uh, twenty years ago, like it was like you know, the, the, it was a pretty robust. I mean, you always hear about you know maybe some issues, and there had been Catholic schools that had closed, but you know, is this a slide that we don't ever recover from, or you know that that there's always some mystique about having the Catholic, you know, the Catholic school powerhouse, and you know, people can go back and forth about that stuff. And are we losing something here? I guess that's my, I feel a sense of loss. That's what I feel. That yeah. It's kind of a I, new era, at least. I, you know, and I, I agree with you. I think that, um, you know, school option is important, right? It's up to families to decide where they want to educate their kids. Um, and whether it be a fantastic science program or a, a, an arts program or a basketball program, you know, parents want what they feel is best for their kids. Um, you know, in terms of community, you know, the, the Catholic schools support families. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, that that's the portion that, that gets forgotten because they're not, you know, your Tafts, your Choates, uh, your Loomis's, um, with endowments and and you know they really are about you know trying to maintain family structure and supporting kids and um, you know especially your sacred hearts and, and your Colby's that are sitting there in in cities well, those are those are you know important parts of the, of the community that support some, not just kids or, or families but communities around them too you know and I think that um, it's important to, to understand and respect that. You know, I, I think that the, the mission of Catholic education is, is to educate everybody and support everybody. And you know, Sacred Heart's done that in Waterbury for a hundred years. And I think there's gonna be a big hole. Um, obviously Sacred Heart's yet to open its game. You go open up against Holy Cross Wednesday. Is it been a, that not having a game maybe been a good thing because of trying to deal with the emotion of this is it and the last year of the, a great dynasty program dealing with all that and then worry about a game or would a game have helped last week? Uh, you know, I think a game would have helped. Like we had a scrimmage scheduled that got pushed back um, because of virus concerns. Um, so at this point we had been going, we've been going for about a month. I think my guys are kind of tired of beating each other up, you know? So I think a, a game 
you know, would have been, would have been good, but, you know, at, at the same time, um, you know, kind of taking that opportunity to, to talk to the kids about, you know, being able to control um, your response and um, really taking the time to um, go through details and, and make sure that, you know, if this is the last group that's going to put on that jersey that, you know, we really honor and respect everybody that, that's done this before us and that, that we go out really with our maximum effort, regardless, you know, the, situ the situation with the pandemic was going to be difficult. Um, and the guys have responded magnificently. So, you know, I was proud of them before that. Um, and adding this is really, it's a lot to ask teenagers to stay focused with all this different stuff going on, but they've, they've done it and they've done it well. You talk, we talked before about the outpouring of support. Um, what, who have you heard from just players and coaches, texts, calls since we talked Thursday? How, how has it been since then? Yeah, you know, the, the, the coaching community um, has reached out. Former players, um, not just NVL coaches, but guys around the state. Um, a few of the, the college guys that, that I know well in the state have reached out, um, just offering support. Um, you know, and that, that's really meant a lot. I've had, um, another CIAC coach whose, whose son was supposed to come. Um, we talked last night at length and, you know, he said some really nice things about wanting his son to come play for Sacred Heart, specifically for me and my staff and, and the type of kids that are around. Um, so while it's been sad, it's also kind of been nice to see that we've had some positive impact too. John Carroll joining us on the program. Uh, have you heard from your, your, your former predecessor? Have you talked to coaches on the staff that are no longer with you guys? Anything along those lines? Yeah, I, you know, I think that um, I've been fortunate in that my my staff has remained fairly constant. You know, Jay's been with me the entire time. Um, my brother was on staff at, at the very beginning. Uh, Daryl Parker for 14 years. So, you know, I've spoken to all those guys. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been good to reminisce, like, you know, kind of shoot back and forth the, the war stories, so to speak. Um, you know, and I think we're, we're proud of, you know, kind of where the, the program is. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to carry some fond memories in this. But at the same time, you know, I, I've told my guys that I'm going to try and stay in the moment, too, and, and try and, and enjoy the hell out of the next five weeks because you know that's it's important to stay stay grounded and stay in the moment you and i have talked like I said, a number of times before this happened and we weren't sure there was going to be a season mm -hmm. obviously season being back from november january what were your thoughts when that happened back right before thanksgiving did you honestly think we'd even be here talking about a season um i i was on the other end of this i i thought that what probably should have happened is they should have started all sports in the middle of August when the numbers were really clean um, and try and get as much of this in beforehand before the holiday season. Um, but, you know, this is kind of, a, it's been an interesting time because I don't, I don't think anybody has any answers. I don't think that anybody's necessarily wrong either. Um, you know, so I was hopeful, you know, the past the holiday surge that we would, we would get some kind of season and, um, I think we're going to attempt to do that. 
but you know, the whole thing is, is a house of cards. I, I know that we have two, maybe three teams in the NVL that are currently under restrictions. Um, so, you know, getting to that full slate of schedule is, is going to be difficult. I'm, I'm glad we're making the attempt though. The return kind of tyranny of the seven footer, uh, you mm -hmm. lost Caleb Sampson and uh, Lorenzo Washington to prep school. Everybody talks about Sacred Heart, but it happens to them too. So obviously they lost, you lost the kids there. So uh, talk about a couple of kids who are back and uh, obviously you have not played since you last lost to Holy Cross. <laughs> so that's always been a topic of discussion. It was a topic before you came on today. Um, talk about some of the kids who are back and uh, the expectations for the program. Yeah, it always starts with the seniors and that's, you know, Connor and uh, Trey Duncan. Um, Trey's a, a combo guard, I think averaged 12 or 13 a game last year. Mm -hmm. um, it always starts with the seniors and, and I think the, their leadership and their example. Um, juniors, Steve Alsif, uh, point guard, quick defensively, has really improved over the summer. So my returning guys have, have been, um, you know, really good in terms of you know, staying upbeat and, and, you know, helping teach the younger guys. We have a group of younger guys that I really like, um, you know, uh, sophomores and, and freshmen that uh, pretty talented. So I'm, I'm excited to see the group open up tomorrow night and, uh, and it is Holy Cross. So I'm sure you guys will be curious about that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure guys have long memories too. It's yeah. Like, 11 month long memory. Um, yeah, yes and no. I think, you know, the, the excitement to actually get out there and play again. Um, and, you know, uh, while, you know, a, a loss in the league, um, I guess was, was news, you know, kind of grand scheme of things. It was a game, um, you know, where we shoot 31% and, and didn't play fantastically, but, you know, at, at the end of the, the day, the, the loss is the loss. But even then, that group handled it in stride, and we were ready to, to play another one, but state tournament didn't happen. Somehow you remember how, what you shot 11 months ago in the loss. I kind of wonder how, how many of those percentages you remember in the win. <laughs> well, we usually shoot better than that, so I don't have to think about those numbers, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, John Carroll joining us. Um, obviously lost in a lot of Sacred Heart stuff, and we don't know, I assume, yet, what the NBL is going to do for a postseason. Is that correct? Yeah, no, I think the, the last draft I saw was uh, one through 16, all seated, um, sort of a. Everybody gets in. The SCC is doing a similar one where everybody's going to be invited to the tournament. I know they had kind of toyed around with a couple iterations of it, like a top eight and a bottom eight. But at the end of the day, I think they just decided to give everybody a tournament opportunity and go first round, quarterfinal, semifinal, final kind of setup. How um, has the adjustment been for the guys and yourself and the coaches wearing masks? So I, I, I think it's been tougher for me than the guys, although the guys will tell you that, um, you know, the, the running drills have been difficult, but I just think they're trying to get out of running. They've been playing in the masks in the summer and 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 all fall. Uh, we were in Bristol playing up and down there, um, and I think at this point it's just something that they've accepted. Is you know if they want to get on the court and play, it's it's what they're going to do. So it's not fun, it's not comfortable, but it is what it is. I I was just saying the other day, 
I'll go through the entire season without blowing a whistle. You know, they're not allowed in the, in the, you know, in the gym. So I try and be louder and, and, you know, I'm sure it'll, it'll help me when I'm saying something smart to an official. So I, it is what it is, you know, it is what it is. So is it tough to get your point across with a mask on or do you take it down, pull it back up? No, I think, you know, at the times where I can, where I'm, you know, sort of spaced from the kids, I'll kind of pull it out and enunciate and make sure that, that everything is, you know, the point is getting across. Um, and what we've tried, we tried to divide the guys as much as possible into groups where we can get competition and still have guys in, in spaces that, you know, don't really lend itself to virus transmission, I guess. It's just, that's the kind of thing that I think you have to be aware of in this environment. Second heart coach, John Carroll joining us. The hearts are number seven this week in the latest uh, game time CT top 10 poll. Uh, you, like I said, Holy Cross tomorrow, Crosby on weather permitting Friday, Saturday, whenever it is. Uh, you can find out about your team right away when you play two programs like that. Is that good? Do you like seeing it? Cause obviously in the past you've, it's been different, but this year it seems like you, you guys are playing the top teams early versus maybe one of the Valley teams. I don't know how it worked out that way, but it did. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, our the, the city division always has pretty key rivalries and, and the guys know each other and, and, you know, they get really excited to play against one another. I, I think that, you know, obviously not the perfect situation, but getting to play against um, the rest of the Waterbury schools twice, like at Holy Cross three times just because of a glitch. Um, and then crossover with Noggy, who obviously was very good last year and is going to be good again this year. And then Ansonia, um, who I think also has a chance to be pretty good this year. So we're going to provide the kids with an opportunity to get as many competitive games in as, as we can. You know, so I think that's it works out well for us in that regard. Your kids have been resilient. Whoever's been through the program since, well, I, I mean, even before the Mustafa Heron era, um, when he had Josh, Josh, I'm drawing a blank on the last name. I went to school with his, huh? Yeah, Josh Turner, I went to school with his dad. I can't, I can't believe I forgot. Um, so you've had great teams, and I was mentioning before, your second heart is 9-0 and state finals. Um, no, 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 no. Oh, it's, then it's wrong. Did I miss it? Well, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, nine and one. You know the last one, not in my fairfield. I'm sorry. See, thank you. I, for I, you, know, and I, I, you won I, your first nine. I would have right? loved to have you run with it, but you know, I'm an honest guy. No, that's right. See, you know, I looked at it quickly and I was wrong. So, uh, not in my fairfield and the uh, coach Watts. Yep. Yeah. yeah um, have you allowed yourself to think that there may not be another state tournament for Sega Har? I mean, do you allow yourself that opportunity to think, damn? Oh, a great I, I, run and yeah the the reality of it is you know because of the pandemic there there wasn't one anyways right and so you know i think that after the season you know i think that that all may sink in um and like we said at that you know when we were talking before we've had crazier comebacks so you know being an optimist watch this space but uh you know i i think that We've provided the 
the players, the school, the area, um, with really a lot of exciting moments. And, and you know, I've, I've said before that high school sports isn't really meant to be public entertainment, but um, it's it's been such a, a part of the Waterbury community for, for a long time. And I'm, just, I'm proud to be part of that. It's been, it's been a great ride. And if this is it, then, you know, we can kind of look ourselves in the mirror and say, we, we, we did our best. We did, we did a good job and, you know, let's, let's reflect on the positives rather than, um, you know, be real sad about it. And I, uh, what does this mean, John? John, what does this mean for, you know, it's a loss for Waterbury. I mean, you had, well, you have so many great basketball schools over the years. Uh, you guys have played a big part in the city's history, and it's a really, it's, it's you know, it's tremendous. You know, Crosby, Holy Cross, and Willby, and can I mean, it's just your place there. What it, what does Waterbury lose uh, if it is, you know, indeed that you guys are uh, gone? What happens? You know, it, it it'll never really go away. Um, you know the the city's top player always gets the Billy Finn award and Billy was a Sacred Heart grad. Um, you know, the awards are, are laden with Sacred Heart people and, and, and history. Um, founding member of the Naugatuck Valley League. And so, you know, I, I think that it's sort of a misnomer to call Sacred Heart a building. It's always been more than that. Um, it's really kind of been ingrained in the community and, and it's been about it's been about kids, it's been about people, it's been about family. Um, so those are, well, the building won't be there. I think that the, the legacy of, of Sacred Heart and the people that have been there will continue to be there. Uh, Butch Zara, your boss, uh, principal of the school, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, is he still the chair of the committee or is he, he's definitely on it, I know that. He's on the board, yeah. Uh, I've got to know Butch is a very great individual and obviously he's had a lot to do with basketball and, and, and try to be fair. Have you talked to him since? How are his feelings with everything? Obviously he's taking a bigger undertaking than just basketball. Obviously bigger than just basketball. You know, I think that as, as the principal of the school, he, he's trying to make sure that everybody can, can finish up their school year the right way. Um, you know, he's got, faculty in the building to take care of um so obviously the you know his part on the cisc board is important but um you know i think there's stuff closer to home there are details that that need to get worked out that probably are, are part of his focus but a greater part of his focus i should say um but you know i reached out to him and, and to eileen and, and thanked them for you know their guidance and leadership and being stewards of, of the school during you know these unprecedented times so obviously they're you know, they're alums um and this is obviously heartbreaking for them as well all right let's try to have a little bit of fun your first year on the staff was what year uh 2001 2002 okay my first year in the b was 0203 okay let's see if you, you see if you know where i'm going state class m semifinals shelton high school john lucky I'm on the baseline. I see it as a charge. Is it a nope. charge or nope. a block? Come on. It was it was the hedge guy, Joe. The hedge guy came in and was moving, and and John's six four with huge shoulders, and you now we had no business being down that big to begin with. But it was it was a block. I'll go to my grave saying it was a block. Do you believe that on your heart of hearts? Yeah, Definitely. Absolutely, I do. 
You know, I see, I was there. I, I remember Vinny Liskowski was not coaching him. He was sitting behind me. I was Scott Ferrari, a bunch of guys. And, yep. and people were jumping out of the stands onto the court. I have never seen that to this day. People are going crazy over there. I think it was in like 10, 15 seconds, maybe less, five. What was Yeah, it was, le- it was less than 10. It was less than 10. And obviously less you were down 10. two. Yep. Were you down two? We were down one. That was going to put us up. And he's driving to the basket. Um, have you kept in touch? With, I know Kelvin Davis did some benefit. You, mm-hmm. Kelvin, how's he doing? People, he was at all. He was also on that team with John Lucky, the team that lost to Colby, who ended up losing to Trinity Catholic in the final that year. God, I'm dating myself. But go ahead. Those were those were fun. That <laughs> that, that whole group. It was fun when you were an assistant, John. Yeah. <laughs> well, believe me, I've had I've had those. I was thinking the other day about. Uh, 2007 in the game that set high school basketball back a decade, we, we lose the semifinals to uh, Weston and, and John Galvin. I think it was like we lost 39 to 36. And it was like, it was funny because, you know, both sides had had really good athletes, but Billy Lovett and I were running the exact same stuff. <laughs> we all knew. We all knew. <laughs> I remember that. I remember yeah. that. Billy Lovett. And he won a title that year, I think, right? He won the title his first year as coach. Yeah. Little Billy, so, wow, that was a great the team. Little, that Western team, the ones that haunt you, you know, that the the John Lucky charge in 2007 there at at, at Trumbull High. So, Kelvin is, how's he doing? He's doing well. Health is good. He had can't. He had been battling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he's been, um, around the community. I, I we did a uh, a thing for a local grammar school, um you know, kind of talking to teams and, um, you know, he was sharing his message about perseverance and teamwork and he's, he's doing very well. How's Mustafa Heron doing? I kind of lost track since obviously St. John. So. Um, battling some injuries, but um, he's, he's always a positive person. Uh, it's kind of revamped his, his body, he changed his diet. He's vegan, uh, put on some muscle. So, you know, I think that he'd have, larger numbers of opportunities if if uh you know if the pandemic wasn't a thing where is John. he now he's still he's working out here in waterbury okay yeah, yeah. i mean i know it's really early but you know what what are you guys going to try and do to you know make sure i mean you know, the the president talked about it when she made her address um you know what are you guys going to do to try make sure that these kids get the best possible place to go if they can't can continue here and, uh, you know, how, how are you going to be involved in that? And, you know, what's next for you? Yeah, I, I, I've told all the parents, you know, whatever they need in terms of recommendations or phone calls. And, um, you know, I, I know that friends of friends have already reached out from other schools, you know, being very, very kind, making sure that my guys know that they have a safe <laughs> place to land. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Well, that's a, you know, it's, that's flattery right there for you. It's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, whether it be, you know, an, another CIAC school or a prep school, you know, I think that, you know, there are all good options and, you know, the, you know, the connections that I've got to make with, with all those people, um, there's not a bad choice there, right? There are, there are good people in, in good schools that know basketball and, and know how to coach and how to teach and, um, wind up in in good spots because it's important to me you know they're 
they're my an extension of my own family, you know, and I'm dealing with that with, with my own kids as well, you know, trying to find them a spot. So I can definitely empathize and sympathize. And, you know, as for me and my staff, I, again, it's the next five weeks, we're going to have a ton of fun. We'll win some games and then, you know, we'll figure out after, after. Notice he didn't say lose some games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in the vocabulary of Sacred Heart. Last half full guy, Joe. Just yes, I know. Guy, yeah. uh, John, thank you for joining us today in the podcast. I know this has not been an easy time. I really appreciate you making time for us on the Courtside Podcast. We wish you the best of luck this season with the future, and uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll be seeing you down the road. So thank you. It's been fun, guys. Thanks. Thanks a lot, John. So, Joe, that was John Carroll from Sacred Heart. You know, listen, that's that's a tough situation. You know, got a lot of uncertainty to deal with there. And but you know, there's no there's no getting past the fact that that, that school had a great impact and a great part of a Waterbury's history in the last 100 years. I mean, can you believe that it, the school will close before it reaches centennial? So, uh, you know, uh, this is its 99th year of operation, and, that, and that's really tough. But uh, it certainly had an impact. It won so many state championships. Well, I think it was like nine or so. How many? How many state championships was? Yeah, it was nine. nine state championships. Nine. I always thought it was nine and zero. I forgot how I could forget. Yeah, that. how you could you forget that? Well, it's because I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm getting old, Sean. Yeah, know, almost <laughs> the half century. You, you, you'll be there soon enough. But yeah. it, it's, it's, it's a lot. Listen, a lot of people have been against Sacred Heart for a lot of years. The old put the Catholics in their own division. Sacred Heart was the modus operandi obviously to to make the tournament format the way it is them and trinity it's ironic sacred heart and trinity catholic because sacred heart against valley regional for two years and before they started moving up they changed the format and trinity catholic against westbrook and now both are going to be gone this is kind of ironic it, 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 we, we i almost brought it up on the podcast and uh, in the interview put the catholics in your own division well if there's only 12 left you gotta put the magnets uh, how are you gonna do that put them in their own division, a 12-team tournament. So, you know, listen, that argument will continue to go on long after we're gone, and hopefully Catholic schools will still be around. Uh, but uh, to me, you always want to play the best and beat the best. I know it's not a fair level playing field, but that's how I feel. Again, I didn't play. so My only thing, obviously, was, you know, I made a big to-do about it when they beat Valley Regional and, you know, in sure. SS, you know, playing in there. It's a small school. You can go in and about that. But, you know, in the broader scheme of history and everything like that, you know, it brings a lot of juice to, I mean, you could say, yeah, it's not fair for these kids. I mean, I still stand by that. I think, you know, congrats to Valley Regional, the, what, 2015 champion or whatever it was. Or Westbrook. It wasn't fair to that. that oh, it Westbrook, wasn't fair. too. It wasn't. Yeah, no, and it wasn't, you know, they had Mustafa Heron, and it's just, like, ridiculous. But, listen, there is something in the broader scheme of things that, that, add, that added to the spice and the debate and the interest of high school basketball. And that's kind of like what I was getting with them. I, it was, it's a really tough thing. And, uh, you know, with Trinity going, you'll lose that with Sacred Heart. You're going to lose that. And who knows? I mean, who knows what's going to happen down the road? Obviously, you have some Catholic schools that are very robust right now, Xavier being one of them, Notre Dame, West Haven. Uh, they just started a graduate program for boys basketball and they're doing they're doing relatively well um so there there's still room st joe obviously they're doing pretty well but you know like i said uh, you know he brings up a good point you know there might be a the popular you know my generation certainly hasn't had as many kids as my parents our parents generation and that might play into it or there might be a, and there are other options there are the magnet schools there are, uh, you know, Votech. I mean, obviously, Prince Tech kind of is a is a uh, good example of that, where kids go, you know what, I can get a, a great job 
and I can go play for a pretty good basketball program and we can make some moves there. You know, it's, it, there's a lot more options, which is always a good thing. I think John alluded to it. Always a good thing for kids to have a lot of options to get their education, but you know, it, and, and things do change over the course of the years. I mean, other Catholic schools have closed. I mean, you know, um, even Bobby Valentine's school, uh, uh, Ripplewam, it, it closed, you know, things like that. Um, things happen. It changes. But when you, it do change, you lament the change. You, you as we get older, we kind of look back and say, oh, wow, you know, I miss those days. And but you know what? That's the that's the that's life, man. And and, and I, you know, I hate to kind of bring it that much that that high up. But uh, that's kind of part of it. Things change and then new memories are created and new things are created. And and we march down uh, time's path, I guess, to get really philosophical about it. Well, let's see what kind of year they have. And um, again, it's unfortunate for the group, the people who have to go find other jobs, the people. It's 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 more than just kids in the basketball program. So uh, that people are affected, people who are thinking about going to that school. So it's just, it's a whole, it's, there's a lot, it's a, a lot of um, domino effect. And it's a shame, like you said, it's a reality of the life we live in and you're gonna see a lot more of this in pandemic. So. Um, Hopefully uh, things work out for all those kids and those people. Okay, Joe. So with all that said, uh, let's uh, quickly take a run. Give us a your quick rundown on uh, what to expect from the week ahead of uh, week two of boys basketball in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we still call it games to watch. And obviously these are games to watch on the NFHS network or how if you can, you're can you lucky enough to go or keep an eye on the, some interesting games for the week. St. Bernard, St. Bernard at Norwich Free Academy Tuesday. We mentioned NFA losing its first game. Uh, but the, the, it's the ECC Division One reigning champion versus the ECC Division Two reigning champion. So, and uh, St. Bernard hasn't played the game yet. So you open up with the uh, NFA is no easy task, but you can see how you both stack up, and it gives you an early barometer game. Uh, tonight at the Floyd Little Athletic Center, we have a rematch of the last two SEC tournament finals. Ones we were both at, Sean. Notre Dame West Haven at Wilbur Cross in that very building. Cross has won the lot both games at the Flack. Um, I mean, Notre Dame has had its way in the regular season, but and you only get a little measure of revenge. But it's again, it's an opportunity for both teams to see where you stack up uh, in week two of the season. We mentioned Holy Cross and Sacred Heart of Waterbury. Obviously, both teams opening up against one another. Obviously, we know the Sacred Heart situation. Holy Cross is, you know, obviously one of those teams that can have a great season as well. Um, we're going to the next Monday because obviously we'll tape on Tuesday. Two games of interest Wilbur Cross and Hill House. Uh, we mentioned Hill House or Owen to what will their academics record be when they face cross uh, in the first of two matchups next Monday night at the Floyd Little Athletic Center. And the other interesting game is uh, Harding at Bassett next Monday night. Uh, we've written a couple of stories, which of season was canceled. Then it was revived a week later. Obviously they had to get their 15 practices out of the way. So Harding and Bassett will open up against each other next Monday, February 22nd. Uh, once, uh, Obviously, they won't be able to play a full FCAC schedule. The fact that they're actually in the FCAC this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic is interesting because they're basically uh, independents. So it's good for them to be able to fill out their schedule, whatever it's going to be. And obviously, they play each other to start the two old rivals. So that's kind of cool. So that's the look at your week, Sean. Uh, and hopefully, uh, we get through safe and uh, have some fun. Our thanks to John Carroll from Sacred Heart. Obviously, it was, it's not an easy situation. We, we've said that countless times. It's an unfortunate thing for everybody involved with Sacred Heart program, but we thank him for taking the time out today to come on and discuss uh, the outcome and what, what's going to happen down the road. So for Sean Patrick Foley, I'm Joe Morelli for the Courtside Joe Morelli podcast. Talk to you next week.